And so in this moment, I really encourage you as a human to start start looking at that mirror and start to identify maybe one thing that you didn't know about yourself. And that awareness is going to start to spark a deeper dialogue along the way. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Karine Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have a special talk for you. Back in April, Jackie Service and I did a talk series, a leadership talk series to support all leaders across all fields in getting through navigating uncertainty and how the pandemic was hitting their business, their teams, etc. So I decided to share one of those talks with you because we are reigniting them live. Um, started on October 21st, but we'll continue to do a monthly talk to continue to support you. And we're calling the new talk series Resilient Together. So if you'd like to join us, please go to clever, that's C-L-E-V-R services.com slash network and join our network. Today's conversation, we jumped into truly how to tackle uncertainty. And I thought I would share the recording with you from this live talk we did back in April because I know some of you are still sitting in it and could get some value out of the talk we had and the way we were able to support leaders through their questions. So as you have questions, please connect with us at cleverservices.com. Join our network so you can be live with us. We're probably going to be like every month, maybe the third Thursday or something like that. I don't know. We're figuring out our cadence, (laughs) but... Whenever you choose to listen to this episode, whatever time of year it is, go check it out so you could join us because we're really trying to make sure we bring leaders together and support you the best way we know how through our Clever Network. And I hope you enjoy today's talk because I'm sure you'll have some good takeaways just like our, our guests did and our people who attended have been really great in following up with us and letting us know their progress. So do not hesitate to connect with us. I'm at Karine Walsh on LinkedIn and Jackie is at Jackie Service. That's S-E-R-V-I-S-S if you'd like to connect with us and ask any questions so we can continue to support you. All right. Enjoy the episode. Jackie and I felt, because as seasoned executive entrepre- uh, entrepreneurs ourselves, but also as coach leadership coaches, we found that we were fielding a lot of calls individually. And then we would get on a catch-up call ourselves and be like, I'm hearing this. Are you hearing that? You know, And how are you supporting all these calls you're getting from different leaders trying to navigate this time? And one of the first things Jackie and I both believe in in, in um, leadership coaching practice, but also making sure we're assisting leaders like you is to make sure you're taking time for yourself and learning the tactics of self-management through uncertainty and through times like this where, where stress levels tend to go up really high. 
And we're all just trying to manage through it, but also to find the space where you can release the valve a little bit and do some self-care as well as find tools to help manage your teams and, and step into a leadership cadence that really reflects the conscious leader that you are. So today's topic of, of the four that we will be going through in the next four weeks is all about work-life integration because now we're all forced to work from home. And that is a whole different type of cadence that we're dealing with while trying to function as leaders of industry in our business. And so we wanted to share some methods and tools and tips to assist you during this time um, so that hopefully at the end of this call, you feel like you could walk away with some value and an impact from the conversation. So that's today's topic is work-life integration. Week two is um, uh, next Wednesday, and it's going to be about leading through uncertainty. We're actually going to have a panel uh, come into the group where we can do Q&A with that panel and just, again, help you potentially either get a tactic, a tool, a tip, answer some questions you might be having, especially regarding like re-entry back in. Some of the states right now are going through lifting the shelter in place. So if you're a national company and it might not be available yet um, in the some of the cities that your teams work in, how are you going to manage that, etc. So that panel uh, is hopefully going to be able to answer those questions as, as Jackie and I facilitate that conversation. Week three is going to be all about your um, corporate culture, like how you actually build a corporate culture during this time, as well as work on performance management across your team or even for yourself. If you're someone that is dialing in and joining us that has gone through one of the layoffs and you're trying to figure out how can I make sure that I am um, taking care of my growth path while I know other people are trying to navigate it as well but make sure that I am being seen and I can actually use this time to grow in my career and also build a culture of growth during this time. Because a lot of, a lot of companies are going through uh, financial management of how to stay afloat, which then sometimes results in the human capital change. And then you have the remaining human capital of your companies that need to still figure out what do they belong to now. And what's this new landscape and what does new normal mean? So week three is going to be about corporate culture discussions and how we can help you with um, team performance in your corporate culture. Then week four is really, uh, we want to end this series and these talks with helping you define what new normal is. We, I, I call it a re-entry strategy um, because companies now have to start thinking about how, what is our strategy for re-entry in the market, re-entry with our teams, re-entry with our clients, and the demand now of how we know what's safe in order to interact, but also um, operationally, did not being co-located for this amount of time change the operational behavior of your business? So what does re-entry look like now for your teams to interact? Um, things like that. So by week four, we'd love to come up, show you a framework of how you um, position yourself for re-entry and also answer some of those questions and dialogue on that with you. So that's the framework of this talk series. So we're really excited that you're all here with us. Um, I am Kareen Walsh. So I will introduce myself now. Some of you know me. 
Some of you um, I've actually worked with. And um, some of you are dear friends here just to support <laughs> what's going on um, and also get some support in return. I am a CEO of my own company. It's called Revampologist. I'm also a published author, a podcaster, and um, leadership growth and executive coach. I literally love change. When times like this happen, I actually thrive and I get very excited about assisting in becoming more um, flexible and adaptive through change. It's some, those who know me really well have seen me navigate through change many, many times. Um, and now I bring that into my practice with my clients. So uh, part of the excitement about showing up in a space like this is I honestly feel like I'm, I've been kind of groomed to show up in a strong way for people during this time. Um, I, I really handle crisis well. Um, and it's mainly because some of the topics we'll talk about later, I know myself really well and what I need to do to take care of me first so that I can always show up in service to others. I would say my zone of genius is I am solution-based with a side of laughter and smile and hugs. I can't hug you all right now, but I would if we could be meeting in person because it's something that allows me to really to show that anything we do comes from the heart. That's truly my um, zone of genius. I'm located here in the New York metro area. I'm the first city in Connecticut when you come up the coastline. And um, so, you know, New York is getting hit pretty hard right now with all that's going on. And it's been interesting to observe from a distance, but also to be someone of support um, during this time. And I, I'm going to have Jackie introduce herself and share why um, we decided to launch the series and hopefully um, start our conversation with you all so we can give you the support you need today. Thanks so much. Hello and welcome. I love hearing where everyone's calling in from and what you do. So if you haven't already, please go ahead and just write your name and where you're from and what you do because it's part of the reason why this was so important to Karina and I when we were connecting was to bring community together and to really drive this sense of leaders coming together in a time where, quite frankly, we, we do feel isolated and or separate. And I know we have tools like Zoom and some of us may be feeling the Zoom fatigue overall, just too many Zoom calls. Um, and so we don't want this to be a series where we're just talking at you. We want this to be interactive. We want this to be engaging. We want to know who you are, where you're from, and what some of the areas that you're struggling with are right now. Um, Corinne and I met through the power of community. And so we believe that there's people on this call that quite frankly can support one another, can be there for one another. And that's why if you're able to introduce yourself and give some context into maybe some of the areas you're struggling with right now, but maybe some of the areas you're thriving in. Because if you're anything like Corinne, um, who like I turn to in times of chaos and uncertainty, um, then maybe this is a time that actually feels really liberating for you because you're able to serve and help people at a higher level. And so feel free to leverage the chat and comment on things that are resonating with you or questions that come up throughout. And we'll make sure to um, monitor that as we go. But to introduce myself, so my name is Jackie Service. I live in a smaller town um, where a dear friend of mine, Christy Kelly, is on from. It's called Southampton, Ontario. I'm a few hours outside of Toronto, the metro system there. And... Um, 
there's a long story about how I ended up here, but my background is corporate human resources. So I worked with PepsiCo in both Canada and the United States um, for multiple years, left and joined a logistics organization where I was their head of HR, um, which was actually out of New Jersey and LA. So I've seen most of the United States and all that can come with different leadership styles and different state mandates. And um, left the corporate world four years ago to really pursue this purpose of uh, self-development, leadership development, and became an executive coach where I now run my business from an executive coaching standpoint. And I also support um, small, mid-sized businesses in people strategy. So I will also support them from that, uh, given my background. And it's been such an interesting time because a lot of my past network is heads of HR. I know Sarah's a head of HR, and I have been having these conversations with a lot of leaders who are trying to make decisions on people. And it sparked a lot of dialogue between Corinne and I, and was one of the reasons why we believe starting this talk series with you is the most important thing. Because we're all human. We're all going through our own experiences and feelings and emotions. And we're being asked to make decisions that may feel good and may not at times. And so really putting that mirror back to ourselves and starting to focus on the internal landscape was where we wanted to start the dialogue and conversation today. But just by a show of hands, or you can type yes if you're not on video. Is anyone else here a parent? Anyone else have kids at home? I'm a mom of three-year-old twins. I'm running my own business from this office. My husband's now running his business and working from a downstairs office. And we're trying to like co-collaborate and navigate the world of being your own business owner, trying to be a high performer in an organization and also homeschool and uh, teach our our kids. (laughs) And uh, that is a whole other uh, beast in itself. So for any of the parents, I feel you and it will likely come up in conversation today as we start to talk about work-life integration. So with that, we're going to make this conversational nature. This is like you're coming into like a podcast or something and you're actually going to see us just have some dialogue around some questions that we've been asked. And we are taking a look at the chat. Um, And so if you have questions as things come up or the dialogue starts, like feel free to ask because again, we're trying to make this as engaging as possible and not another Zoom call where we feel like we're being talked at the entire time. So Corrine, you're on the hot seat and I get to ask you questions first. And again, if there's feedback, I'll mute and vice versa. So just bear with us as we use our Zoom technology. So the first question I have for you is one that I have been trying to work through in my own mind, which is really the question of what have you observed in leadership behavior in this time of great uncertainty for all of us? Well, you know, what, what happens um, in all of us when it comes to uncertainty and it's, uncertainty then shows up in our bodies as stress because it's something that's undefined or we have yet to define it yet. We all tend to lean to one of three categories when we're under high stress. We have um, a reactionary space. All of us do. It's just human nature. It's, a, it's not just the fight or flight response on things. It's actually about even in our highly functional state of being, we can either show up in a controlling stance, a protective stance, or a complying stance. And when something like this happens, um, where it's a health 
epidemic, like we are told by nationals, like we cannot work unless we are vital employees into showing up to work. We all now have to operationally respond in a way that was not our norm. So it just immediately puts us in our reactionary space because everything's unknown. So if you're in a controlling reactionary space, like we all lean into one more than the other, but in this certain circumstance, all three are on fire right now. We have to comply with what regulations are telling us we can or cannot do. We have to protect and make sure that our teams and our families and ourselves are protected during this time and feel safe. And then we also have to find some semblance of control in the situation so that we can then move into um, some form of normalcy or survival mode, basically. Um, so we're, all, we're hitting all three reactionary spaces. So because of that, and the reason why I bring that up is that for me, it helps me identify which one I am leaning into most right now. But it also helps me use the language with um, my teams, my family, etc. on how um, I am naturally responding to a highly uncertain time. So I wanted to give you guys that as an identifier today because that's something that if you don't really know that about yourself yet, it'd be really good to understand. So if you're someone that leans into a complying stance, you're going to just be listening to whatever regulations tell you and you're going to comply. You're a a solid follower. But as leaders who tend to um, lean a little bit more into compliance, they're actually pulling away from uh, holding an authority and assisting their team in figuring out how to show up in this space. So it's, it is effective to comply because you need to follow the rules, yes. But it's also um, how do you raise your effectiveness to also show your authority in the space so that others can now follow as well. So it's something to think about there. In the protective stance, we're all in this solid protective stance of our health, as well as you know, in the household, as well as protecting our team and trying to save their jobs if we can, or even if we have to lay them off, making sure that they have everything they need to fall through it, that follow through with getting some sort of earnings during this time. Again, high stress situation for most of us, uncertain times. Protectiveness has effectiveness to it as well. But when you're leaning into it too much, it pulls away from your authenticity and creativity of what's really going on with you. And so we want to make sure you're finding um, uh, ways to get back into your creative mind in order to really manage through uncertainty. If you're controlling, like me, I'm a heavy controller, like, because when shit hits the fan, I have to be the one that, like, boom, 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 gets things done. Like, I lean into control because I can have certainty. The only certainty I have is that I can control the situation. <laughs> like, that's generally where I lean. It is effective, but it can also pull me away from my own self awareness. Like, am I being too harsh and not really thinking about the whole if I'm also leaning into my controlling stance? So for, for that question, Jackie, I, the, I wanted to give you know um, those who have joined us today just that idea of like asking yourself, where do you lean the most when it comes to uncertainty? And how, when you identify where you lean the most, obviously understand how effective it is. Then you ask yourself, well, how effective is that in the circumstance? And then ask yourself, what can I do to make the solution management of where I'm feeling uncertain more creative. 
How can I step back into creativity so that I can actually be more solution oriented and forward thinking than highly reactive and or even go to a point where I'm shutting myself down? So um, that is what dialogues I've been having in, in the self-understanding for the leaders I've been talking to that have been sitting in uncertainty and unsure how to move forward. It is with that initial identification of, well, why am I showing up this way? Totally valid while you're showing up. Is it effective? I'm sure it is in your arena. But how can I now step into creativity and figure out um, ways to get more solutions in front of me and not feel so much stress of a dilemma that I'm facing and know that I have multiple choices? Beautiful. Thank you. And it is such a, you know, starting with self-awareness and starting to ask yourself these questions is part of, again, why we're starting the talk series about the leader. I find so many times we're all talking about how do we take care of our teams? How do we take care of our families? How do we take care of everybody else? And often, and this is my own trait, is I do it at a disservice to myself. And so starting here and using that template or framework as a self-awareness tool to start to understand where you lean in times of uncertainty or stress can start to ignite this understanding of your wiring which is something that Karine and I love so much. To get us grounded just in today, Karine, I'm actually curious to get your... Listen, we've heard... I, I've been in the corporate world for enough years where we've heard all the talk about work-life balance and let's find that balance and let's figure that out. And it never resonated with me. And, no. um, and I come from an HR background where, quite frankly, I had to preach it for a while. <laughs> it didn't feel super authentic. And I'm curious to get your take. Like when we say work-life integration, what does that even mean to you? Like what, how would you define that for everyone? Yeah. So the, the whole term work-life balance for a long time just gets me, I get twitchy because I don't, when I don't believe something, <laughs> I get a little twitchy. I'm like, it is such a farce because balance means if you literally have two weights, right? You're, you're, you're having to let go of something for something else to sustain. And there's trade-offs happening, right? That's, that's what balance um, if you're looking at an old school s- scale, uh, generates, right? And you can't ever feel satisfied if you're letting go of something that you truly want to thrive in, like your job, your career, and, and what excites you in your career. And then you're feeling like, well, but I have to then sacrifice my family. Then you're never going to be um, feeling satisfied there. So balance doesn't work. Integration... And that's why I always do this with my hands, where it's like to just give you a symbol. If you focus on work life integration, the way that that works is knowing yourself best and how you show up in all arenas. Like that is the ultimate goal, is finding alignment of who you are in everything you do, in my opinion, is work life integration. Yeah, because we don't change. I'm still Jackie. Doesn't matter what hat I'm wearing. It's still, I'm still the human being at hand. And so that whole idea of the integration is um, that word has always resonated more than the balance. Yeah. And it's, it's something that um, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't know, I always say this to people, I don't know how to turn this off. Like <laughs> all of me, I'm going to show up in all of me and all that I do. And if everyone can focus on getting to that state of being and all that they do. So when, when I am in business, it's just different skill sets showing up, but it's the core of me is showing up. 
And so I am um, highly integrated in all my spaces. Now, do my friendships and my businesses now blend? Yes, they do. Because that is me too. I am someone that gets really excited about the work I do. And I really love um, hanging out and getting to know people on a different level. So most of my clients turn into great friends. And then sometimes my friends turn into my clients. To me, that is integrative space. We were, a lot of us though, were raised under the corporate culture of work life, home life. And that's where the balance conversation started to come into play. But what that really meant was um, choose what you're going to sacrifice versus learn who you want to be in all arenas and then go find those arenas to go play in and be your best across all of it. Um, so that's, that's part of it. The other piece too, though, Jackie, is that right now, the other topic around work-life integration is your business has infiltrated your home and your home wasn't ready for that infiltration. And so if all of you as leaders have teams that report into you, they're going through their own work-life integration tactics right now that, they, that was never seen before. Most people love to cross the threshold, leave their home and go to their job. And now they're being forced to integrate it at home. Hopefully for those where it's really uncomfortable at home um, to do, try and do both because yes, maybe they, they have now, they're becoming homeschool teachers and their kids' schedules are completely different than their work schedules. There now needs to be more work-life integration conversations with your teams. And how does that look against the performance of your business? And so that conscious conversation is really required too to come up with what is the work-life integration, I'll call it code of conduct, um, in order for you to best understand what's happening with your team at home and for them also to understand what's happening with you at home because you are going through it yourself, just like Jackie shared, twins at home. The distraction factor is high. You, you, I know, Jackie, too, you invested in like a whole play set, but now it keeps snowing where you are. So it's like they can't go outside and even go climb on the monkey bars anymore. But, it, but still, it's like the methods of integration, I think, need to be discussed um, as a leader with your teams as well. Because as you're focusing it on it for yourself, if you can build that transparency with your team that the struggle is real, and you're trying to figure it out, it really goes a long way for the health of your business and also the health of your team. Mm. Yeah, so much so. And to your point, I love that the mentality of the integration. And you know, some leaders I've talked to have really echoed or told their employees or their teams, like, it's okay. Like, I just want to give you permission to know that if I hear a kid in the background or a dog in the background, or if something happens while you're on a call, you know, to not feel that level of guilt or shame that sometimes can show up in our body when that happens, it can feel embarrassing, right? Yeah. Especially on a call with leaders or it's an important present out or we get distracted because something's happening over here in our periphery. And sometimes it's as simple as just think about, think about that. Your, your home life may not have changed, to be frank. Like some of you might actually have had the space and the time, but it doesn't mean that your team hasn't and vice versa. So those open lines of communication, like Kareem said, are so critical in this time to start to create this dialogue of energy of 
what people might need, maybe offering permission, and maybe that's what they need. And, and I know we, we want to find that within, but sometimes in a hierarchy or in a political system, people are looking for their leaders to say, this is okay. I recognize this is you know, unprecedented times and that this is not normal. You know, we recognize that you're going to have some different stressors at home. And how do we give some permission in that space? Yeah, I mean, I've been working um, remotely pretty much since the start of my career. So it's almost 20 years now because I was fortunate to come up in the in the tech industry out of San Francisco, which was way more ahead of the game back then. We're talking and I'll age myself because I don't mind the late 90s. Um, but now where we are today and seeing that the practices that I even put in place then required a higher level of communication and understanding and framework of how you need to show up and perform at your best. So I would have guidelines as the leader of my team, but I would be here in New York and my team in San Francisco or whatever that looked like. And I was putting virtual processes in place to make sure that we were very certain on what we needed to do to do our jobs, but there was also a level of autonomy and understanding of what that took between me and my team to make sure that they could perform well. But because this talk is about you and how you integrate work-life integration, and I appreciate, Jerry, what you're sharing on, on the self-awareness and um, finding tactics of how do you check in with yourself and take care of you first during this time while you're at home trying to lead your business. And um, one of the things I put together was a, almost like a work-life integration guide. And I'll, I will, um, Polina, let's make sure that we send this out to everybody after the call. Um, but this guide allows you to kind of start that framework. Now, most of us are about four or five weeks in right, to this process of trying to function from home. A lot of people are holding on to hope that they will be back in their workspace. But I'll tell you that, and we'll get to this in um, our second and third talk of the series of how we actually start preparing our teams to come back together. But um, until that happens, and until you feel safe as a leader of what it's going to look like to co-locate again, it doesn't hurt to go through some refinement around how you're managing yourself right now from home and um, creating the space to recharge. So I call it your recharging station and coming up with a, and it's not for your devices, but coming up with a method to really connect with self and refuel. If you're like me, I'm a, I'm a servant leader. I serve all day long. So if I don't if I don't sit in my own space and take care of me first thing in the morning and do my meditation and my journaling and my workout and fuel myself with the right food, yes, it's a, it's a lengthy process in the morning, but I wake up early enough so that I have that time for me. It is so critical for me to be at my best performance for the rest of the day. So that's one idea of creating your routine that helps fuel you is probably the first thing I would, I would recommend figuring out so that you are at your best the rest of the day once you've been taken care of. How about you, Jackie? What are your routines like? You know, it's such an interesting conversation because I'll be honest with you. I have some pretty diligent morning routines and then I have an evening routine that I follow. And, you know, I, I've called them for years, my non-negotiables. You know, some of the people that are here have worked with me in the past. I'm looking at my friend, Bill O'Brien. We'd meet each other in the gym at 6 a.m. wherever we were traveling because that was just a part of the routine that I had or that we have all had. We all have some sort of routine. 
Now, I'll be honest, I was pretty good at getting away at like 80 to 90% efficiencies. Like I would do it, but I would, you know, maybe I'd miss a day here or there. You know, I wouldn't pay as much attention to it. And this time, given the framework of my life, being home with the kids, having a business that I'm running, which is more servant based, um, all of those things that are coming into my life, I'm realizing more and more I can't even be a percent off. Like if I'm a percent off not getting my time and space in the morning and my time and space in the evening, I feel that energetically. I'm a bit edgier. I maybe am not as patient. I'm making decisions from we can Your reactionary sp- space. I'm like, I'm like, we can swear here. I think I know most of you from our <laughs> place. Like they aren't, they're not my best moments. And so having that like hour to myself in the morning, that hour to myself at night is the time in which I take care of myself first. And I feel it and how much it, it creates space internally for me, just even from like a mindset standpoint, it creates more space for me to step into a leadership role or put my different hats on. How many of us are wearing like 100 different hats at home and be able to be in business or be a mom or be a teacher, whatever role I'm playing in that moment. Well, and the the cool thing about the self-management, self-care, it literally is the one thing you can control in uncertain times. So when I am hit with high stress moments, whether it's a personal issue, a professional issue, and, and because I'm running all of it from my home and I've been doing that for a long time, if I didn't find the certainty in self first, then I can never find certainty in anything else because I'm going after it in a broken way. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the biggest lesson I had to learn for myself because I wasn't always like this. I was definitely the burnout leader, like executive that everything was my job. And I would jump into anything anyone asked of me and everything else in my life was complete crap because I was so hyper-focused in one direction and that's all I knew. Luckily, I got out of my 20s and I started to learn to where I am today <laughs> because that was, that was the cycle we were in. It was all about the career climb and showing up for other people. But the faster we learn the certainty in self and finding the discipline for self and um, figuring out how best to show up as our best version of self in all that we do literally changes the game of performance in anything you do because you are that foundation. And that's what I had to not only learn for myself, but it's what I help my clients um, with as well so that they are solid in, in their footing so that when uncertainty moments happen, it is not an attack on self it is a situation that you could step into and start to solve for. And that's the energy that I, you know, I hope you guys are feeling today from this conversation is you know, asking yourself, how can I make sure that I'm taking care of self first so that as I'm integrating my work and my life right now, I can show up in it in my best, best stance. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any questions? We would love to hear any of your questions in regards to the work-life integration topic. If you're struggling in any way and you're lo- trying to look for methods or solutions or something to talk through, we'd love to dialogue with you on that too. Um, feel free to put it in the chat and we can answer those questions as well. And hopefully this is just bringing some awareness to how you're planning your day and your time at home, but also giving yourself permission to take care of yourself first so that you can go ahead and uh, take care of everyone else that you're leading right now. 
I actually want to talk a little bit about that. And again, if there's something specific that's coming up for you, like drop it in the chat because this is supposed to be a community conversation where we're actually supportive of one another. So the, the question I have for you is a lot of us here, and just based on the comments I'm seeing in the chat, we lead teams or we are a part of a team, right? So it might be a coworker that's coming to us or somebody on a team that is coming to us. And in times of uncertainty, when we're probably feeling our own feelings and experiences and emotions, how, what is your advice to a leader that maybe has an employee or a coworker come to them and they're just like ridden with anxiety and fear right now? They are in the spiral. And what would your advice be to that leader and how to manage that or how to support that person without necessarily taking on the responsibility for how that person is feeling? Yeah. I mean, there's so many blurred lines these days, I think, between um, because we are trying to be so transparent as leaders today. uh, It sometimes, I think, creates a... What's the right word? It's almost like a, a false sense of skill or capability to handle certain situations with our teams. And a lot of the times, because we are so responsible as leaders, we forget to ask ourselves, am I the right person to be equipped with this person who's having their anxiety overwhelm them in a way that might need additional help from someone else? Um, so first, first and foremost, I, I always recommend to check in with your own skill set and say, is this your, sp- your space as the boss of this person or leader of this person to actually solve this anxiety problem that's in front of you? And um, if you are capable, like if you are in the mental health space and that is you know, your skill set and your job to help them manage through that, then go for it if you have that skill. But most of us don't. Like most of us can hold space for our team and do our best to assist them. But a a lot of times, and because we feel responsible, we sometimes get into conversations we probably shouldn't. But I would say that it really depends on the relationship you have with your team, obviously, and the specific person coming to you, number one. Number two, it's really about, is this a true health issue that needs and requires a third party to assist you through it? So if you don't know the answer to that, even in your own environment, what I would encourage you to do if you do have an HR department is to start asking those questions around how are we going to help our team, those who do um, and have had suffering through this time or are in a mental state that I myself as a leader do not have the skill to manage, how can I serve them and get them the help they need. What is our internal business policy? But also as a leader, I want to be there for them. Please give me the resources so that I can help my team when and if that happens. That's, that's how I would manage it from, from knowing myself. I know I would be there for certain people and I have been there through a lot of anxiety and crisis moments with my team um, through, throughout the years. And I would say I mismanaged some of them because I thought I was highly responsible for all their well-being because I didn't have the skill set. It wasn't the best result at the end of that care. Yeah, it's such a, a thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing it from the, from the leader hat, right? Because I think it's so, it's so important sometimes. And I, and I can imagine whether it's an email or a phone call or a text message or I hear people are talking on Slack, like whatever your organization has in terms of communication... I was like the next step. And I know Sarah's a, in a people leadership position. And I, maybe others have been as well, where the leader were sending the people to me. And now I was in the HR seat, like, okay, now how do I help these people through this time? 
And what are the conversations that I, that as an HR practitioner professional have to be responsible for? So it's interesting to take it kind of one step further. What I often found with, with employees, there is a time and a place where a third party is necessary and HR is going to know what options there are. What I was often finding with employees in these like high stress situations is they wanted a safe place. They wanted to be able to talk openly and vent sometimes mm-hmm. with like no, no parameters to it. Nothing's going to be written in their file, like off the record type conversations. And that's for me, the, the power of human connection and really being able to hold that space. Yeah. And what I had to realize as a leader is that my role there is not always to solve the emotions and experience that that individual is feeling right now. And I learned that probably later in my career as I started to coach and I started to ask better questions. And so I would encourage you, if you're in that position where you just don't know where to go with it, instead of projecting or placing your own experience in the situation that's at hand, pause and ask a question. And that can be as simple. So what, what could a question look like? That could be as simple as, what support do you need right now? You know, what, do you, what, what do you feel like you need right now? How can I support you best? Yeah. And often in that, they will come up with their own answer. And then my role is to facilitate that next step, whatever that tool or process or policy I have in the internal system to support them to get the right level of support that they need. Yeah. I mean, and you're fortunate uh, in your organization that it was large enough to have a department where um, other team members can go. Mm-hmm. Some some leaders here are really small teams as well and might not have that function, which is why, you know, figuring out, especially during this time, you might need to put a support, an external support team together. Um, and I love what, what Jesse um, mentioned here too, is that, you know, he started a family and wellness channel on Slack for his company where, you know, they are actually checking in and have the space. And if at any time, I'm sure, cause I know Jesse well, if he felt that like someone needed additional support, they would bring in a, a facilitator or some sort of care to assist, um, in that need. But again, I love this, Jackie, that you're saying is like asking the question to understand how to support. But I would also say check in with yourself mm-hmm. because Esther had, had asked a question earlier about guilt and feeling like when she's taking care of herself, how to to um, release guilt from taking care of self before others, um, especially clients and the demands that she's under. Guilt shows up more when you actually don't take care of yourself first. Um, I, in my opinion, this is just from what I've seen and what I've gone through myself. It because you're going at it from a, a less than place, like a lower vibe place, lower energy. I, it is really important to make sure you are getting the assistance you need, and also asking others for support and help too. That it doesn't always all have to be on your shoulders, but also to be able to let people know what is your capacity. Like, so the answer to, like, if that's the question you asked Jackie too, like, how best can I support you? And then you hear their response and you're like, I have no idea, <laughs> like, how I'm going to help you navigate that. You need to also be able to say what your limits are when it comes to how you can assist others. Otherwise, you're stretching yourself in ways that's just going to put you in a higher stress situation. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. 
I love that. I was gonna I was gonna bring up Esther's um, question, but I feel like you answered it there. Um, and Esther, elaborate if there's anything else that you're you're looking for or need. Um, you mentioned something. I think it's it's an important thing to talk about because there are people on this call who are in operations of smaller businesses, mm-hmm. right, and not the larger or scaled organizations. And so I'm curious. You know, there's there's organizations and friends that I have that are founders or starting organizations that they're simply just trying to keep the lights on. Like we are just trying to figure out at what point in time we're going to start to see some dollars hit the accounts again because we're having to make decisions just to operationalize the business slash keep the lights on. Yeah. Those are some pretty heavy decisions for leaders. And I know some in here have had to make them. And so I'm curious in times like that where you're where you are in a position of making some significant decisions, whether that is to let let people go, whether that is to um, change the operations of your business, so you're you know terminating relationships with um, vendors, clients, vendors that you've had forever, all of those decisions that I know have come up for so many. How does one? keep coming back to themselves when they're just in the spin of trying to keep the lights on? Well, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of the conversations I've had lately. Like I had one today where, um, you know, going even through the PPP process to get the loans and the, and the funding during this time is causing a, another layer of stress for a lot of business owners and leaders trying to get the funding to keep the lights on um, because it's not easy to navigate where a system that hasn't been fully developed yet, right? Like the the money part of things from the outside in. I think that um, stress is stress, and we all show up in it the same way. the The difference is our skill set on handling the actual problem at hand. And so, when we are as a small business owner, we are generally responsible for everything in our business. It is hard to handle all the stress at the same time. So what I would first go to is what do you need to prioritize? Anytime I feel an overwhelm, I immediately jump into a prioritization activity only because that helps me understand what would mean the most for me to focus on right now because I am one person and even if I have my team to dispatch onto things, if I'm not prioritized in how to go about it, they will be disorganized stepping into it. So number one would be... Because that gives you certainty when you can prioritize what's in front of you. <laughs> Again, I always try to give like certainty tactics. You can literally then have a tangible list of, holy crap, this is all the shit I got to do right now. <laughs> now, at least it's prioritized. So you just knock it off one by one. And, and that will give you a sense of achievement, which most people also need during uncertain times. You feel like you want to achieve something, but you're doing it under a prioritization to help you stay um, focused, but also realize what truly matters, what matters most to you, your business, your clients, your team, um, when you can put it into a a prioritized way. Now, some of you say, but I got to get it all done. Right, it's like I, I yeah, that's nice, Karina. I I can prioritize all of it, but it still all has to get done. Well, I'll tell you that everybody right now is feeling some sort of pain in this circumstance we're in. So, also give yourself some grace as you're trying to get it all done. And the faster you actually prioritize what needs to get done, your focus on 
going after it becomes so much easier because now you can just charter down that list. Now, if you're someone that is up at night when your checklist isn't checked off by the end of the day, then create smaller checklists. Like that would be the other thing I would give you. So not only do you have a prioritized list, great, but now it's the checklist of today. And be real with yourself in regards to the capacity at hand. So for most of us, if your families are home, your family is number one, no question. And even for your employees, their family is number one. So you're going to have a limited capacity on getting things done. But if you have this prioritized list and you're able to communicate that for yourself and your team and say, listen, if nothing else gets done, focus on this, you're giving them a freedom of sorts not to feel so overwhelmed and to stay in action. So those would be some of the tactics I would say in that circumstance of um, of how to to kind of manage through overwhelm and still move forward and make those hard decisions, figure out the way, the best way to prioritize them. Mm. I love that. And just even, you know, such an interesting thing, like grace and compassion is where I've had to put myself into. Like it's the place I keep having to shove myself back to because there's a lot of this like hello voice inside of our head that shows up so many times throughout the day where uh, we are so conditioned culturally in that I am not enough, right? I'm not being I'm not being a really good mom right now. Frig, I don't know how to be a teacher to three year olds. I'm not showing up for my clients the way I want to. And there's that story that shows up for me in my day to day. And I just got to keep it real, like it does come. And I'm yeah. wondering if any of you are maybe feeling that or have felt that through this time. Yeah. And I really have to put myself into these scenarios of stepping into grace, stepping into compassion for myself, and that's like literally giving myself time out sometime in the language of my three-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Jackie, you need a time out because you're being really reactionary and fiery right now in the situation, which is my like go-to when I'm off balance. Yeah. And so it can be as simple as something like getting into nature, getting like a 20-minute walk-in and like communicating with my significant other that this is really critical for my own mental health so that I can be a more balanced human being in this scenario, which is highly uncertain. Yeah. When I love what Jerry put in here too, or it's when you're working with other people who might not be as um, conscious in their decision-making as you would like them to be. So I want to give you a tactic here, Jerry, that hopefully it'll help you out. Anytime, because I've worked with that kind of, uh, I would say even in growth mode, like I work with a lot of companies that grow and scale. And, and generally the founders of those companies have like the squirrel syndrome or the shiny coin syndrome, as I'll call it, where it's like they'll just shift direction of the whole company in a split second just because that's their idea of the day. And they're not thinking about the prioritizations or they're not thinking about the strategy that they just set the day before (laughs) in order to stay consistent, right? We've all seen it. Those are the innovative, creative mind people at the front of our companies. That's why we all are in business, right? Like That's what actually leads the business into the next layer of what can get done. Now, Knee-jerk reactions or knee-jerk decision-making can be met with a language on trade-off and prioritization. It's acknowledgement of the idea to say, hey, I, I understand that's what you want us to focus on right now, but you actually gave us these three other things. What do you want me to let go of in order to add that in? And it's a hard conversation to have as a leader to 
your boss or you know the C-suite of the company, but it is so important to do it. And it's so important to be strong in your stance on the trade-off discussion because it's not saying no. I always say it's a yes with a request. Sure, I'm happy to go focus on that right now. However, I need you to decide out of these other things, which one's not going to get done. So that they're being reminded, because a lot of the times the innovative frontline people who are constantly creating new work or the what's next, and it's basically because they have built such efficiency in the team that they that reports into them, they get bored and they think about their next best idea is why they're shifting and pivoting in this way. You need to be the one reminding them of the reality of what you're running, and then you need to engage them in the what they're actually, what you need to say yes to. Are you trading something off for that new priority to come into play? It was a game changer for me when I learned this and it helped me manage a many a C-suite <laughs> using this tactic. So uh, hopefully that helps you, Jerry. Um, but that's how I've managed it. And I've worked with C-suites for a very long time where I'm always reining them into, happy to do that, sure. But what, what's the trade-off here to get that done? I love that. Such a those conversations, well, hard. Honestly, once you start building the muscle of it, they're like what I go to now in order to get the clarity um, yep. from some of those leaders, for sure. Yeah. So I know we're close to the top of the hour, Karina. I know you wanted to keep it close to that sixty minutes, just out yeah. of time. Again, if there's any questions or if this has sparked anything that you are dealing with right now, please um, like wave your hand or drop it in the comments and let's I definitely want to provide some space to have that dialogue now. And, um, and if not, one of the things that I'd love to just leave with is, Kareem, if you could, you know, if you could just have the leaders here leave with one simple thing to focus on. You know, obviously, we're coming back over the next four weeks, and there'll be different tactics and frameworks and tools that we provide along this series. Yeah. For today, if they are looking at the lens of just themselves, what's the one thing that you might offer them as a just a beacon of light or to find certainty in uncertain times? I mean, I, I would say um, if there's any area of where you feel like you're struggling right now, the, the easiest way to check in on it and ask yourself um, in order not to create more pressure for yourself is to ask yourself, is this really the right priority? I think if, if, if you can come up with a good method to step into knowing that if you prioritize yourself first, I almost want to like challenge all of you between now and our next call to see what the day would feel like if you put yourself first, some sort of routine up to at least 30 to 45 minutes, like minimum of self-care first and see how that shifts how you actually approach the rest of your day. Um, that would be the one thing I think that could be an easy implementation for the next week. But the second would be check in on the things that are stressing you out. Why are they stressing you? And is that the right priority to focus on right now? Is how I would, I would as leaving thoughts of today. But I also love, um, as I want to hear your answer to that question too, Jackie, um, as Jackie is answering that, I would also love to hear if you got a takeaway from today's conversation, what is it that you walked away with or are walking away with um, so that we can also know the value of running these talks, but also hear what resonated. Because if we know that, then as we're guiding the next three talks after um, today, we can make sure that we're continuously bringing you that value. 
What's your answer to the question, Jackie? What would you like to leave everybody with? Yeah, we, I mean, you and I think so similarly um, a lot of, a lot of times. So for me, it really does come back to this whole idea of when I think about self first, it always starts back to awareness. So it really does come back to awareness. And this is a time in our lives that I quite frankly have felt like there was this big giant pause button hit, although my life started to spin and some other people have maybe some more grace and time right now, or just space and time, I shouldn't say grace, that there's this mirror that's been placed in front of us to really look at some of these areas that we've maybe avoided or we've maybe numbed out or we've maybe like been able to just kind of push away in the life of busy. Right. We really have, we really were living in this culture of glorification of busy. Yeah. And so in this moment, I really encourage you as a human to start, start looking at that mirror and start to identify maybe one thing that you didn't know about yourself. And that awareness is going to start to spark a deeper dialogue along the way. And so for me, it's always back to awareness. When we think about self care, it always starts there so that when we get into the tactical, what do I actually do about that? I'm clear on what is it that continues to come up. Love it. Beautiful. I love it. I think, and I, and I love that um, seeing some of the, the, just the thought around prioritization, because when we're in a reactionary space, we're not necessarily thinking in priorities, but prioritization will give you the fastest direction of certainty um, in in how to move things forward, so I'm glad that I'm uh, that was a great take takeaway for some of you. I love that, and um, and I'll share the um, work life integration guide with you guys um, if that will. Be, so hopefully, you know that might spark some other things to maybe check in on as you're working from home in certain states in certain major cities. A lot of us will still be remote and have this work life integration space, so. Um, we want to just make sure you have the tools for that too. So we'll share that with you. But we're really, really honored you guys gave us this time. Hopefully it was supportive for you. Um, again, if you have other questions, you could shoot us an email at um, expert at cleverservices.com. That is the email you received the invite from. So if there are questions that come up in this next week that you want to make sure we address by the next call, especially with our panel. And we'll be announcing who the panel is so that if you have direct questions for them as well, you could send it to us. But we want to keep this dialogue going. So you'll be hearing from us. And also we'd love to hear from you. So we really appreciate you joining us today and um, hope you have a safe one and that your families are well and that um, we're here to support you as you need it. Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you and hope to see you next week. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered. 
on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.